I want to welcome all of you to week two of our series entitled Jonah, the God of Another Chance. I want to welcome our South Shore, Gulf Coast, online, those of you, the men and women at the Orleans Justice Center and St. Tammany Parish Jail. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joined. So excited to have every single one of you with us. Today, we're learning some key lessons from a man in Scripture most of us are familiar with, uh, and that is Jonah. Again, I remember... Uh, having my first child, getting veggie tails. That was real big back then. And, and seeing Jonah, one of the favorite ones for me to watch. And so many of us are familiar with the character Jonah and what his life was about. But there's actually another character uh, in the story we're going to address. And that is the most important character. And that's God. See, I'm so grateful that God's not a God of a second chance. I've had people say that before. Man, God is a God of a second chance. I'm grateful that God is a God of another chance because there's times when I've blown it two times, three times, four times and more. How many are grateful that God gives us another chance? Man, I am pumped about that. Last week we began the series and we looked in chapter one uh, about the story of Jonah. And oftentimes you'll hear the theme of of Jonah and, and, and the different aspects of it, but it's really the theme of, of God showing up in the life of an individual that was running from him. Today I want to talk to you about what it means when somebody, watch this, runs from God. Have you ever thought about this? you ever thought about this? There are unbelievers that run from God, but there are times in our lives where we run from God. Where we say to God, God, listen, you can have this part of our life, but, but you can't have this part of our life. Lord, we'll let you in here, but we're not going to let you in there. Maybe some of you that are watching, you are different ages of your, you know, 30s or 40s. Maybe you said like I did uh, when I was a teenager. teenager. When, when I get older, that, then I'm going to serve God. But the, the problem is you got into your 20s and you got busy. You got busy, and you went to college, and, and you started a family. And then you said, well, when I get in my 30s, and when things settle down, then I'm going to start serving God. The problem is, you got busier in your 30s. And, and then you found yourself in your 40s, you thought, man, when is it going to be time for me to serve God? But the fact is, is that whether somebody's an unbeliever, and they've kept God at arm's length. Or whether they're a believer, there's things where God has spoken to us and said, hey, I want to get into this area of your life. You've given me these areas, but, but there's this secret chamber of your life that you've never given me. And yet, you said, I'm going to do it this year. This is the year where I'm going to allow God to get into this area where there's been this little addiction. I love Christ. I know I'm going to heaven. I know my name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. But pastor, you don't understand. There's this little thing in my life that I've just... I'm just not ready to give it to God. The truth is, that's, that's a runner. I think every single one of us have a little bit of Jonah in us. Maybe God's been dealing with you about something with, with, with gossip or something of unforgiveness in our heart. I, I had a recent conversation with somebody. They said, you know what? And I know they're a Christian. They love God. They're born again. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of them. But they just were not ready to let go of this awe in their heart. In other words... God, you can have this area, but, but not this area. Every single one of us have a little bit of Jonah in us. Today I want to talk to you about what it means when we run from God. What it means when we don't give God every single area of our lives. I'll, I'll never forget as a, as a boy growing up, I, um, 
my parents made me go to church. You guys have heard this story so many times, and, and uh, those of you that are guests are new with us, but I, my, my parents preached to me. They preached at me at 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I went through high school, and then I started college. And, 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 and I'll be honest, I, I, I would go to church. I had to go to church. My parents said, you don't go to church, you're not living in the house. And, 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 and yet I kept, I kept God. I kept God right here. I knew God was real. I knew God. The Bible says that, that God himself has put eternity in our hearts. In other words, listen, I mean, even atheists are intellectually, they're not honest because they know that there's something bigger than them outside of them. And yet, through my teen years and then getting into college, I, 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 I knew God was real, but, but, but I, I, just, I, just, I just was keeping God right out there. Maybe some of you that are Christians, maybe it's in your business world where you're, 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 you, you love Christ, but you say, you know what, Pastor, you don't understand. The, 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 you don't understand in the real world, I've had people tell me that before, Pastor, in the real world, things are not done like they're done maybe in church. And so in my business world, there's, I mean, I mean there's just some things that I've got to do sometimes. I've got to do sometimes to make it. No, I would say that that, that that area of your life, you're actually keeping God out. You're, you're actually, you're a Jonah in that area. Well, I'm going to go somewhere. I know it's summertime, and I know there's a lot of students in town and college kids and different people, and summer is kind of a time where we air things out, get a little bit free, and, and, and maybe you're in a relationship right now, and yet you're involved in something that you know you love God, you're a Christian, you know if you died, you'd go to heaven, but yet, 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 yet you're crossing some boundaries. You, you, you keep, and in your mind, every time you do it, you're like, man, we can't do this. We really shouldn't be doing this. And man, we're really going too far. And you're convicted. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. And yet you've chosen at this point to, to be a Jonah where he said, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not giving that area completely to God. Maybe that's where you are in your life, every single one of us. If we're honest, there's been times in our life where there's been a little bit of Jonah in us. I want to talk to you a little bit about last week because I want to begin where we left off. Last week, we looked at what happened in the life of Jonah. First, God came to him and asked him to do something he really didn't want to do. God spoke to him. God had a plan for Jonah's life. Jonah didn't want to obey God, and he didn't want to obey God's plan. So what did he do? He ran. Everybody say, he ran. He ran. He got into a boat, and he was heading in the wrong direction. And then God allowed a storm, and a storm happened, and finally everybody in the boat realized, and Jonah admitted, you know what, it's me, and they threw him over the boat. They threw him over the side of the boat. The Bible says actually when, when, when he was thrown out of the boat, immediately the storm ceased. So what happened to Jonah when he was thrown out of the boat? The Bible says he was swallowed by a fish. And we, we, we called that last week, and I want to unpack that today. We called that a fish timeout. That, 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 that times when we disobey God, when we want to do our own thing, we want to go our own way, it's that, that we can end up in a fish timeout. It's interesting when people run from God, they end up in the strangest places. Like Jonah, instead of going to a safe place, he goes to a boat 
on, 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 on the water. Why, why would he do that? Why, why, why would he go into a boat? Well, why not? Why? Listen, the last thing I want to do when I'm disobeying God is be out on a boat in water. Y'all with me? I, I don't, I don't want to do that at all. Matter of fact, I was fishing one time. I, did, I, didn't, I don't think I was running from God, but I do remember this. I was fishing one time with a guy in our church. We were way out in the Gulf of Mexico. You, you guys may have heard this story before, and I, I and <laughs> it was just scary, man. This these clouds, and then lightning starts, and 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 we start going, and the guy's name's John, and we're going as fast as we can, and I mean he's just jumping waves, and and it seems like this thing was just trailing us. And I asked him, I said, John, we're in a boat. Can lightning hit a boat? And he looked at me, and here's what he said, Pastor, when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. That did not encourage my weary soul. The last thing I'm going to do if I'm running from God is get on a boat over water. It's crazy what we do sometimes when we run from God. It's crazy the places that we go. It's, it's crazy the, 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 the things that we attempt. Let me tell you something when we run from God. You know something? When we run from God, we don't only hurt ourselves. We also hurt those that are closest to us. We hurt our spouse if we're married. We hurt our friends. We, we can hurt our kids. See, the fact is, is that when we run from God, when we keep God's at arm's length, when we keep God out here of an area of our life that we're not ready to give to God, when we do that, watch this, we not only hurt ourselves, but we really do hurt those that are closest to us. If you have your notes at all the campuses, South Shore, Gulf Coast, I'm going to ask you guys to take them out. I, I want to talk to you today. Four lessons from Jonah's fish timeout. Four lessons from Jonah's fish timeout. Jonah chapter 2, verse 1 to 2. If you have your Bible, I know some people still bring their Bible to church. I know a lot of people look on their phones, which is fine as long as you're not watching something else when I'm preaching. But Jonah chapter 2, verse 1 uh, and 2. I want to talk to you about four lessons from Jonah's fish timeout. Chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Here's, here's what the Bible says. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly. Next verse. Then he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and God, he answered me. I tell you what, I'd be praying too. That's one of the funniest verses in the Bible. Just think about it. He's in the, he, he, Jonah prayed to the Lord from, from inside the belly of a fish. I mean, he, he recognized very quickly that, that his decisions put him in an uncomfortable situation. He cried out to God. Why is it that we have to get to that point when we finally cry out to God? Like, I don't want God. I've had somebody say this before. Man, God was my last resort. How about being your first touch, not your last resort? How about when, listen, I don't believe this. It's, it's unfortunate. Sometimes we have to get to the bottom of the barrel before we cry out to God. But I don't think it has to be that way. I don't believe that's God's plan. But, unfortunately for all of us, myself included, there are times when we have to go through some things before we wake up. Let me give you four lessons that I can see through this. These couple of verses. Number one, God listens to the prayer of a runner. God listens to the prayer of a runner. How, how amazing this is because God doesn't have any reason to listen to the prayer of a runner. Think about it for a moment. I mean, if you were God, would you listen to somebody that wouldn't listen to you? I mean, I'm asking that question. If you were God, I mean, listen, I have four children, and there's times 
where my kids have not listened to me and I've shared my heart and I've appealed to them and they've not listened, listen. And then they finally turn. And it's almost like I want to play a game at first. Like, now you want to listen. <laughs> How many times do you think that God has wanted to say that to us? Now you want to listen. Look, look at your life now. Now you're in the belly of the, the fish. Now you're, 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 you're hemmed in, right? And now your business is rocking and real. Now you're in a situation, this relationship. Everybody was telling you and God and the Word and everybody and the Holy Spirit. I mean, just all the hosts of heaven, they were crying out to you and you wanted to do your own thing. And yet now, and yet we see in the Bible that God still hears the prayer of a runner. God never gets to the point where he just says, that's it, I'm ticked. You've gone too far. I'm not going to listen to you. Again, I was 19 years old, right, turning 19. I was a freshman in college and was invited to a Bible study by these two girls. And one of the thoughts that I had going through my mind <clears throat> as a freshman, remember this. There, there are people in our church sometimes they will come and say, Pastor, it's amazing. I've been at church two weeks. I, I, I really never understood the gospel the, the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, and, 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 and I, I never got it. I mean, I've been around church, but I've come to this church. I've gotten born again. I've given my heart to Christ, and it's like my whole life has changed. Two weeks. I mean, they got saved. They're ready. They're at step one, week two. I went years stiff-arming God. And I tell you the lie that I went through my mind is, you know what, Steve, you've had your chances. Matter of fact, there was a time, and I don't talk about this much. There was a time I was, I, when I was 16, there was about a two or three month period where I was getting drawn into God. And it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, a matter of fact, I even actually attended a Bible study for about a month or so. And, 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 and it was like, it was like God was wooing me. God was drawing me. I was getting closer and closer and closer. And then I felt a little bit of the fire of change. And I backed off from so three years later, when I finally was in the second time I was in a Bible study, here's what my thought was. You know what? I don't know if God can forgive me. My gosh, I've cried out. I've cried out to God when I've been in trouble. I felt like God's helped me. And now I'm crying. And now I'm in a situation that I really need God's help. But I got good news, guys. Listen, here's the good news. God hears the prayer of a runner. You and I have never done anything where we get too far from the grace of God. Where God finally says, that's it. I'm done with you. No, it's God's mercy. Everybody say mercy. People don't understand the mercy of God. They think to themselves, God somehow has got it in for them, and God is done. And No, 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 no. I want to just say this, and I want to say those, those of you, maybe those of you that have joined us in the Orleans Parish Jail, Orleans Justice Center, St. Tammany Parish Jail, maybe you feel like, man, you know what? I've just messed up my life. Look at me. No, 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 listen to me. The mercy of God. God will forgive you. God will cleanse you. God will give you a fresh start. We really do serve the God of another chance. Come on, how many of y'all grateful for that? Man, I'm so grateful for that. So number one, God hears the prayer of a runner. Number two, God often uses, here's a big one. This is huge. This is big. God often uses circumstances we create. To bring us to the end of ourselves. See, I don't believe that God creates all bad things. I don't believe that, you know, the act of God. I, you know, this, no, no, no. But I do believe that God can use the circumstances that we create. In his mercy. Look what it says in verse 3. And this, I'm just going right through the story. For you have cast me. Here's what Jonah said. For you have cast me into the deep. Into the heart of the seas. 
all right? And the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. So here's the point. Jonah created this circumstance. Jonah chose to disobey God. Jonah chose to spurn the plan of God. Jonah's the one who chose to run away from God. Jonah's the one that chose to get on that boat. Jonah's the one, listen, to, 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 to create. He's the one that created the havoc. And yet, in God's mercy, in God's grace, and God's goodness, this is so important for us. What God is able to do even with our mess-ups, God worked through those circumstances. The sailors, listen to me. Well, you somebody say, well, you know what? The sailors are the ones that picked him up and threw him overboard. Yeah, God, technically, but God was using that whole thing. The truth is, it was God. The truth is, that thing that happened to you that you thought was the end of the world was actually God saving you from the end of your, saving you from not existing anymore. Saving you from killing yourself. Saving you from doing something that was irreparable, that was beyond, that was all God. The sailors were just tools that God brought into Jonah's life to bring him to the end of himself. The fact of the matter is, is that we all have stuff that makes us so mad when, when we don't understand and say, this thing is in my life, and I don't know why this is in my life, and I don't know why this has happened to me, and it didn't happen to this person, it's never happened to my friends, and, 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 and I don't know why it's happening to me. And we get so mad, and we get mad at our spouse if we're married. We get mad at our friends. We get mad at the government. We get mad at God. We get mad at everybody. And we blame everybody, and, and the reason why I'm in this predicament, and, 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 and look at this now, and, and, and I've had other people that have, that, 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 that have done the exact same thing, and it didn't happen to them. Why is it happening to me? Never been there before. Well, 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 well why did I get caught with, with, my, with my taxes and my business? And, and, and I've had other people, there's, all, there's people that have done way worse stuff than me. Never heard that before. Maybe you've said it before. And, and why, why is it that I'm the one and yet they weren't? Then we get mad at God. God, and then you're up there and, and why did you and, and what? And here's the amazing thing. That God can take the circumstances that we create. That we create. To bring us to the end of ourselves. That we've created those circumstances. We got in that relationship when we shouldn't have. We did those things that we shouldn't have. We were the one that was drinking and driving when we shouldn't have. Are y'all with me or not? We were the one that, 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 that did something a little shady in the bed. We were the one. I know other people have done things in their businesses, but God, listen, but God somehow used that circumstance to bring you to the end of yourself. Man, this is good preaching. I mean, this is something that, 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 that if we can just get this in our minds and our hearts, but it's such the mercy of God. You know, my dad, who's an attorney, and, and uh, he's a success. He has a mediation firm and done, done very well the last 25 years. But, but there was a season in his life, matter of fact, 30 years ago, right when I became a Christian, uh, 31 years ago, 1987, there was a season in his life. He had a business, and uh, he had made some poor decisions, and there was a downturn in the economy, and there was a whole bunch of stuff. And he got, listen, he got enslaved. In debt, personal debt, business debt, it was just, it was just a nightmare. And if any of you guys have ever been in debt before at that level, you know, how, I mean, it's scary. You get into a situation of debt, you feel like you can't breathe. 
You feel like it's just like it's just overwhelming. You feel like, my gosh, I can't even go get ice cream, you know, with my wife because, oh gosh, you know, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a Saturday night when it's hot because if I spend that, then I can't pay. And it's, it can be suffocating. And by the grace of God, God used that whole season of his life to reorder his priorities financially. And he went through classes. He, he began to, 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 to submit to, 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 to biblical stewardship and, and, and doing it God's way, not just tithing and giving over and above offerings, giving to the poor, but also uh, uh, the other biblical stewardship principles and, 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 and having only short-term debt. Never do. Matter of fact, my dad hates debt. He gets anxious. And I'm like, Dad, you make really good money. You don't, and I just, I, here's the point. When you've been there before, Come on, are y'all with me? If you've ever been there before, you don't want to go back. God didn't get him in debt, but God used his four choices to bring him to the end of himself in that area. Wow. I've had people in our church show me before that were, and I'm going to say this, I know I'm getting out onto the holy grail. But maybe they've been out of shape physically, and there's times in my life where, where I've been out of shape physically. Okay, and, and, and yet they maybe they had a premature heart attack or whatever, and, and God spared their life, and they realized they needed to change some things. They needed to change some things. All of us in our lives, whether it's in our health, whether it's in our finances, whether there's some habits that we have that are not healthy. God didn't create those. God didn't create those. It's like somebody told me one time, Pastor, can you go to heaven if you smoke? I said, absolutely. You'll just get there a lot quicker than most of us. But, but, but here's what's amazing about God. God can take our mess-ups. God can take the consequences of bad habits. God can take our debt. God can take our discouragement. God can take us getting busted by the police. God can take us, God can take any of those things. And you had God can take us getting into a legal snare because we weren't up and up in our business practices and what happened. And, and, and God can take, listen, God can take some, God can take, God is so big, his mercy is so strong. God can take Jonah, God can take you and I, listen, and somehow turn that whole thing around for our good and his glory if we'll trust him. Come on, how many of y'all grateful? that. God can do that. Only God can do that. Number three, man, I, this is just, this is so encouraging because it's a story in the Bible. And it happens today. Look at the third thing, and I, I'm going to quickly go through this, but number three, to run from God is to run from his provision and his protection. To run from God, it's just like I've got four kids, and you'll tell kids, you, you know, you know, don't touch this stove. It's hot. Don't touch this stove. You'll get burned. Don't touch this stove. And they're like, ah, pff, ah. You know, like you, I told you. How many times does God tell you don't un, don't don't be unequally yoked in a, in a relationship? How many times has God told you don't do or do this or don't? How many and and we touch it and we go, nah, are you with me? And when God looks down, we're, we're so many of us are holding burnt hands, and we're going, God, and God's like, I, it's in my book. Every time we run from God, we're running from his protection. My parents weren't against me. My parents were for me. And they were trying to preach to me and trying to appeal to me. Don't blow your future, Steve. He says it in a very unique way in verse 8. Jonah uses a very interesting little Hebrew word that's used consistently through the Old Testament to refer to something. And I'm going to read it. Jonah chapter 2, verse 7. I'm just bringing you right through the story. Y'all learn anything? This helping anybody? I hope so. Here it is, Jonah chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. Watch, watch this. 
Watch this little word. When, when my soul fainted within me, I remember the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Look at this next verse in verse 8. And those, listen, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own, what, say it, mercy. Mercy. Very interesting Hebrew word. That means people that set their lives on idols forego or forfeit the grace and mercy of God. It's, the word, it's a really interesting Hebrew word, and it's translated love. It's really what it is. It's love. Love and grace. It's, 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 it's the covenant love of God. When, when we set our hearts, listen, when we set our hearts on that thing that we thought would bring us fulfillment, guess what we're actually doing? We're actually forsaking the love and the mercy of God. When we set our hearts on that thing in our life, we thought, if I get that, that I'll be satisfied. But then we got that, and we're actually still unfulfilled. Because that, God, listen, God never intended for a that to be the thing that makes you feel satisfied. God, God never intended for that. What is that? Well, when I do that, or when I achieve that, or when I get that. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with achievements. There's nothing wrong with getting good things. But, but that thing, God never intended that thing. Listen, God never intended that thing. Even things that God gives us to enjoy are not to be for our fulfillment. I'll never forget, I was with a great preacher, and, and we were getting ready to go out, and we were doing things in the wilderness. And I know a lot of people don't like that, but we were, and it was fun. And uh, we were getting ready to go out on the hunt, and, and we all were around, and it was a wonderful thing, and this preacher... Uh, uh, it was a great pastor, and, and we were at this ranch, and, 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 and the preacher prayed this prayer like this. It was so good. Here's what he said. Lord, we're so grateful. We pray for your blessing upon our time together. Here's what he said. Lord, I thank you for your wonderful creation, and I thank you that you've given us the beauty of your creation for our enjoyment, but you've given us yourself for our fulfillment. Anytime you try to make the things that God gave you to enjoy to be the thing that God made you to be fulfilled, it's called an idol. God wants himself. And Jonah said, Jonah said, listen, when I forsake your mercy, when I forsake your love, when I forsake that relationship, when I substitute, listen, the good thing for the best thing, it becomes a bad thing. That whatever that thing is in our lives, we, 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 we're pushing out what God has intended. Primary reason most of us run, let's just be honest, and I'll say this about myself, the primary reason that most of us run is that we believe if we pursue God, if we give in to God, if we go all out for God, then we're going to miss out on something good. That's the truth is with teenagers, man. If I serve God, then I'm going to really miss out. Miss out on what? Miss out on heartache? Miss out on pain? Miss out on what? But it's not just teenagers when we get in our 20s. If I really serve God, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to miss out on social promotion and how it works climbing up the social class. And, and if I'm not doing the things that all my neighbors are doing that they tell me I have to do to be successful in the neighborhood or in the, if I don't do the, but then you get in your 30s. Well, if, my, if I'm not doing the things, and so what are we doing? Instead of putting God first, we're putting everything else first. And Jonah, when he did that, he actually forsook the love, the mercy, and the grace of God. All the while, God's got, I got you. I got you. If you just put me first, if you put my kingdom first, my priorities first, quit running. I, I, again, one of the primary reasons I ran 
I ran from God is because I thought if I, give my, if I give it all to God, if I serve God, if I give everything to God, then I'm somehow going to miss out on what? I'm going to miss out. That goes all the way back to the garden. That's the lie of the devil in the garden. Yeah, God knows. God knows. No, no, no. Listen, God's trying to keep something away from you. No, let me tell you what he's trying to keep away from. You're right. He is. Heartache, pain, rejection, all that nasty destruction. That, that, that. He's trying to give you himself, which the benefactor of that is his joy, his peace, his love. That's a good deal. That's a really good deal. I'm telling you, that's a really good deal. And Jonah said, every time I put my heart on that worthless idol, I forsook the mercy of God. Let me give you this fourth and final thing, and we'll close. Number four, I'm just, these are lessons from the fish timeout. And that's where maybe where some of you are right now. You're in a timeout, and, and you're trying to make sense of it. And the good news is, is that even though you may have, quote, produced that experience, produced that circumstance, God's using it. God's using it in our lives. God's using it to bring some good out of it for his glory and for our development. God, God's not creating it, but God's using it. Let me give this fourth and final thing. Salvation and help come from the Lord. We do not believe at Church of the King in what's called self-salvation. <laughs> we don't believe that we can save ourselves. We don't believe that at all. That Christianity is not a self-improvement program. It's a salvation issue. All right. Now, I will say this. When you're a Christian, your life does improve. But the goal is knowing God. And when you know God and pursue Christ, the benefits come with it. Let me read this last verse and I'll close. Jo 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 Jonah chapter 2, verse 9. But I will sacrifice to you. I love this. I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving, and I will pay what I have vowed. Watch this. Salvation. Everybody say this with me. Come on, say it. One, two, three. Salvation is of who? Say it, the Lord. Jonah knew that salvation comes from the Lord. In his moment of discovering, he realized, I can't save myself. Let me tell you something. Jonah could not save himself. And that's a good thing. When you and I finally realize that our lives, that our lives have become unmanageable. By the way, AA has a fantastic line. AA and NA have a Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous. It's a fantastic line that they realize that, that, that one of the first steps is, it's the first step, is that your life has become unmanageable. Listen, that is actually a biblical concept. That God never called us to manage our own selves and our own strength according to our own resources. That, that we were to submit to God realizing that salvation comes from God. That Jesus is the Savior. He's the one that changes our hearts. He's the one that changes our minds. He's the one that, 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 that works in our character. Jonah couldn't save himself. He couldn't save himself from that fish. And, and I'll tell you right now, we can't save ourselves from, from, from the stuff that we get ourselves. I'll give you one better now. You can't save yourself from a life of boredom. You can't save yourself from loneliness. You can't save yourself from rejection. God is the one that helps and enables us by the power of his spirit, listen, to live a life that actually works. So grateful for that. Salvation is of the Lord. I realized that when I was turning 19, that it's God is the one that saves me. Jesus is the one that saves me. My help comes from who? Say it. The help comes from who? The Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. Look at this last verse. So, so, so Jonah, here it is. Jonah comes to, and, and say, Pastor, how long, listen, how long do I, I feel like I'm in this fish timeout? How long do I have to stay in it? I'm not God. But I will say this. It could be 
based upon how quickly we get the lesson. It could be. Because the moment Jonah lifts his voice, he cries out to God. Remember what Jonah was doing. He was running from God and God's plan. Look at this last verse, verse 10. Here it is. So, so the Lord spoke to the fish. He spoke to the circumstances. God will speak to the situation. Remember, God is the creator of the heavens and earth. God, God has the ability to move in in power. And, here's it. and it vomited Jonah onto the dry land. Let me tell you some good news. All the sin, all the junk, all the negative decisions, all the consequence in our life, all of the stuff, again, God can leverage that, don't miss this, for our good and His glory. But here's the other thing about it. That God does not, His plan does not change. So here it is, Jonah, boom, gets on the dry land. And guess what God tells Jonah to do? <clears throat> Remember that city I told you to go to? Yes, God. Yes. Yeah, that wicked city. <laughs> Guess what? I still want you to go. Isn't that amazing? That after us, listen, after we think that we've still blown our lives, guess what? God still has a plan. God still has a purpose for our lives. Isn't that encouraging? Just like Peter, after, after he denied Jesus three times, God still used him to preach the first message of the New Testament church. God still used Jonah. God still used Peter. God still has used each one of us after we've messed up and repented and cried out to God and realized that we're not going to try to save ourselves anymore. But we're going to cry out to God. And when we do, God will vomit us. Oh, gosh, it's so gross, but it's in the Bible. <laughs> God will spit us out. God will get us out. God will help us. God will help us. Now, let me say this. I want to qualify. doesn't mean all of our circumstances change at once, but we change at once. And then God, by His Spirit, starts working on different things around us. So I'm not promising you give your heart to God, and whatever negative situation you're in, it immediately changes. No, the negative perspective you have changes. Your negative heart changes. Your negative outlook changes. But then I do realize that if you have a heart change, God starts working on the outside after that. Salvation is overwhelming. I just want to ask you guys and all of you at all of our campuses right now, you know that's the first step when we recognize who God is in our lives. We recognize that we've been fighting against God's plan in our life, that we've been pushing against it. We've been running maybe the other way. I know I did in my life. And maybe you've been a runner. The good news is God hears the prayer of a runner. Let me ask you a question. Do you know Christ? All of you at all of our campuses, those that are joining us online as well, live, Facebook Live. I just want to ask you, do, do, do you know Christ? Are you sure if you die today, you're ready to stand before God? I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. Can we do that as our campus pastors are coming on stage right now? I, I just, I'm, I'm just asking this question because I believe the Holy Spirit is here. God is here in this place. And I'm not going to take long, but I just want to ask you this question. If you die today, are you ready to stand before God? Do you know that you know if your sins have been forgiven, that you're ready to stand, are, are you ready to stand before God? Are you a Christian? Have you given your heart to Christ? Have you surrendered your heart to Christ? I'm not talking about, do you go to church? And I say this respectfully, but going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in the middle of a garage makes you a car. It's, do you know Christ? Have you surrendered to Jesus? With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, church, I want us to, just, 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 just with our heads bowed, let's just honor 
every brother and sister, every man and woman, every person in this place, if you say, Pastor, pray for me, I need Christ, if that's you, the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. I'm not going to, I don't want anybody looking around and say, Pastor, I need Jesus. I want to surrender my heart to Christ. I want to give my life to Christ, if that's you. One, two, three. Quickly put your hand up high. Just put it up high. Every single one of you. 